Greetings and salutations. I'm Stacy. I'm Coulter. And this is Any Crime at All. And we welcome all our existing freaks and any new freaks who are joining us for the first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I am still in Ontario. And Coulter, you are? In Alberta. Um, and we're doing this, uh, yeah, remotely kind of a thing. We can't even see each other right now. <laughs> uh, we think we think we kind of figured this out. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We tried to do it for last uh not last week, the week before, Couple weeks. and yeah, it didn't really work out. It didn't save for us for some reason. So then I did it on my own, and I mean it. It turned out pretty good, but it was kind of dry without Coulter. Yeah, uh, and and we had recorded it. Yeah, we had recorded it, but it, and it was really good. <laughs> it was really good, and it didn't save. He had some wonderful insights. And it just didn't save, so, yeah. So, for anyone who's wondering, my mom is doing infinitely better. Um, she's still on oxygen, but she's getting up and moving around on her own, except for she's got this really long hose that's hooked to the oxygen tank thingy. That's the only thing that's really stopping her from being 100%, really. Oh, and I must get it from her, then. The really long hose, yeah. <laughs> um, and she is now, she went in on the 15th of February and today is, what's today? Oh shit. I don't know. Uh, the 30, the 29th is it? Something like that. Yeah. It's the end of March. Anyway, she has gone that long without a cigarette after smoking for 60 years. Yeah. And it's so, driving her crazy, but she's doing it. But she's doing it. And so fucking Bravo. Bravo, Mama. All right, Coulter. Yeah, especially with you guys sitting there blowing smoke in her face. We are not blowing smoke in her face. Shut up. Don't be a dick. Um, so normally we focus on crimes and criminals, as you know, Coulter. Yes. Because, you know, you've been here the whole time. <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, I've but, missed a couple now, but... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you know what the podcast is about. <laughs> Uh, you know, any crime at all. But I decided that this week we should focus on the people who fight the crimes and catch the criminals. How do you like the that? Avengers? Huh? The Avengers? Uh, no, real people, Colt. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to burst <laughs> your bubble, but Thor is not real. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I am focusing on some of my ultimate heroes, profilers, FBI profilers. Profilers the, are so fucking cool. Oh my God. The B-A motherfucking you bitches. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, it's almost, sorry, I just want to say with them. Yeah, no, go ahead. It's, it's almost like magic or something. Yeah. It really is. The way they the way they describe a person and then they catch them and it's exactly as they describe. Like how? Uh well, we'll get into that a little bit, but Well uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. But it's just amazing. Yeah, it is amazing, yeah. I wish I could do that. You could. You you need a, a bachelor's degree in psychology and stuff, but yeah, you could. <laughs> All I right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so Normally, we talk about crimes and criminals on this podcast, but we never really talk about the brilliant, 
courageous people that fight and solve the crimes. So this week, we will pay homage to these outstanding individuals who devote their lives to catching and understanding criminals and their crimes. The Behavioral Analysis Unit, or the BAU, is a department of the Federal Bureau of Investigation's National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime that uses behavioral analysts to assist in criminal investigations. This unit was founded in 1972 as the BSU, Behavioral Science Unit, but it was really brought to life in around, well, I'll get into that later, okay? So, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, this unit is widely known by its abbreviation BAU. Most people have become familiar with it because of the long-running crime show called Criminal Minds, which I love the show. Uh, the Behavioral Analysis Unit was originally called the Behavioral Science Unit. The Behavioral Analysis Unit was created in 1985 as part of the National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime, or NCAVC. And it was pretty much, the BAU was pretty much brought about by two of my personal heroes, John E. Douglas and Robert Ressler. And Coulter, I no, know you know these is, names. It's Mindhunter, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, People the, should watch that. Then. Well, if they ever release more. I stopped watching it because I knew they weren't going to release more. Yeah, but what they for what they have on Netflix, so good. I recommend Such a watching good show. it. So fucking good. Okay, so the NCAVC, or the National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime, consists of five behavioral analysis units, or BAUs. Behavioral Analysis Unit 1, Counterterrorism, Arson, 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 and Bombing Matters. Behavioral Analysis Unit 2, Threats, Cybercrime, and Public Corruption. Behavioral Analysis Unit 3, Crimes Against Children. Behavioral Analysis Unit 4, Crimes Against Adults, and VICAP. And I will get into VICAP a little bit later. Behavioral Analysis Unit 5, Research, Strategy, and Instruction. See, that would be the most fun for me. The research and strategy? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Me too, because I, I want to I wanna do the, uh, for the research, they, obviously, they interview criminals, right? So, yeah. that would be really cool. And strategizing to catch said criminals would be amazing. The instruction part of it, I, I don't know how much I'd want to teach people how to do it. Maybe, but I don't know. I'm not in it, so maybe it would be fucking awesome to do it. Uh, the BAU is headquartered in Quantico, Virginia. And man, I would fucking love a tour of that place. Oh. So, federal... Yeah, people what? might know Quantico from the famous show Quantico Leap. <laughs> sure, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> federal, state, local, and international law enforcement agencies request assistance from the BAU. 
the BAU's assistance comes in the form of criminal investigative analysis. This means that the crimes will be studied in behavioral and investigative perspectives. This involves reviewing the crime by assessing the behavior of the offender, his or her interaction with the victim or victims during the crime or as viewed within the crime scene. That is amazing. To just be able to read the notes and look at the crime scene photos and you know what I mean? And just it, it's just insanity to me. Like <laughs> Yeah, like you said, it's magic. Yeah. So members of the BAU will painstakingly study the crime in order to give at least at least two of the following services. <clears throat> crime analysis, investigative suggestions, profiles of unknown offenders, threat analysis, critical incident analysis, interview strategies, major case management, search warrant assistance, which I didn't know they did that, prosecution and trial strategies, and expert testimony. So they will, if you get the BAU to help you, they will give you at least two of these services. <laughs> so That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. So as if all this wasn't enough, the BAU have also created the Child Abduction Response Plan to assist law enforcement agencies with said crime, and they created the School Shooter, a Threat Assessment Perspective. This enables school administrators, teachers, parents, and law enforcement in identifying and evaluating threats in schools. The BAU, oh, I, let me stop there for a second. I just want to send out my condolences and love and light to everyone affected in Nashville after the shooting yesterday. That was horrible. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. Three nine-year-olds were killed and three teachers were killed and the shooter was killed. So, yeah, just healing, sending healing and love their way. And I, I know Coulter expresses the same thing. Absolutely. So, um, so the BAU, are they just like, uh, even though they were formed like later in like 85, mm -hmm. have they like risen to become, are they like the most important unit in the FBI at this point? I, I don't know if the FBI would put one unit above another because they're all just as important, you know, financial crimes uh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, I mean, they, they did make a whole fucking show about it and it lasted for what, 19 years or something. So pretty well, important. Well, not that long, but. Well, however, it was 16 years. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, pretty fucking important. And I it's mean. It's really with... interesting. Like, it seems like it should be, you know, like it. Yeah. Well, I wonder what the actual success rate is. Do you have any of those statistics? I'll get into that later. Okay. Um, so we do mention the BAU and Robert Ressler specifically. He did give the profile on Richard Chase and he was pretty fucking spot on. Yeah, that was crazy. So, and that profile really, really helped catch him. Hey, go back and listen to that podcast. Yeah, go back and yeah, that's a good one. Have a strong stomach. Don't eat anything before you watch before you listen to it. 
Um, okay, so the BAU also keeps reference files for experts in various forensic fields, such as odontology, a specialty of dentistry that helps to identify unknown remains, anthropology, the study of human remains that involves applying skeletal analysis and techniques in archaeology to solving criminal minds, uh, criminal minds, I got that on the brain now, <laughs> to solving criminal cases. So if you don't really understand what that is, watch the show Bones. Um, yeah. This is all, Which is a hilarious show. <laughs> yeah. This is all like forensic odontology, forensic anthropology, forensic psychiatry, the application of psychiatry in courts of law as for the determination of criminal responsibility or liability to commitment for insanity. Uh, forensic entomology the study of the insects associated with the human corpse in an effort to determine elapsed time since death, which forensic entomology fascinates me. Um, and forensic pathology, a subspecialty of medicine that deals with the investigation of non-natural and suspicious deaths. Though no, That's interesting. Yeah, right? All of it, like, it's just, wow. Though no profile will ever be dead on. The capturing of criminals does increase with the use of a profile. The okay. F yeah. The FBI will not give actual statistics of the BAU success rate, but we do know that some very dangerous people have been captured because of their knowledge and support. So okay. I didn't find out why the FBI will not give specific statistics but in my head it's so they don't um because if you give spe specific statistics then people are going to want to know um how exactly they do it and if they give that information out then their success rate is going to go down you know what i mean and, all, and also it, it it might be like uh You know, let's say it's 98%, okay? Mm -hmm. Just as an example. Mm -hmm. It might be a thing like a polygraph. Yeah, yeah. Where, where they'll like, uh, be like, well, you know, it's not 100%, so yeah, it's it, a... you can't be tried for it or whatever. Right. Like the polygraph is just a guideline, kind of. So Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that's interesting. Interesting. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you... Coulter and all of our beautiful freaks about some notable profilers. I picked these Shamar Moore. <laughs> yeah, I picked these profilers. <clears throat> pardon me, myself because I did the research and these are my favorites. So, if you want to know about other profilers, let me know. I'll research those and I'll do another show. Or go ahead and research them yourself. I guess. So, notable profilers. We're going to start with Robert Ressler because he's Robert fucking Ressler. Uh, Robert Kenneth Ressler was born on February 21st, 1937 in Chicago, Illinois. This is also where he grew up. His fascination for killers started with the lipstick killer. Now, he had to be pretty young for that because I believe that was in the 40s. Late 40s, killer. I want to say? I think so, yeah. And he was born in 37. So, 
he had said that he was more fascinated than afraid of the murderer. That's interesting for a child. Yeah, right? Exactly. Many years later, Ressler's interest in killers would be furthered when he learned of John Wayne Gacy, a notorious serial killer that grew up, that grew up in Ressler's neighborhood and they were in the Boy Scouts together. Which is just fucking insane. Right? That is just crazy how they grew up in the same neighborhood. They're in the Boy Scouts together. Robert Ressler goes on to do what he does. And John Wayne Gacy takes the exact opposite path. Isn't that I so? I so wish you didn't tell me that now. I know. I'm sorry. But, but we didn't know we could do this, so... Yeah, true. But, okay. but yeah, I just... Oh, that is so crazy. It is. I want to know more about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> about about them talking or something after, you know? Well, he did interview him later, so... I would love to see that. I wonder if I can find a transcript of that interview. I will try. I will look for it. Yeah, do it, do it. So, Ressler graduated from high school in 1955 and attended two years of college before joining the U.S. Army. After serving two years, Ressler enrolled at Michigan State University in the School of Criminology and Police Administration. He graduated and earned his bachelor degree, but soon after he again joined the Army. While serving, Ressler joined the CID, or the Criminal Investigation Division. When he left the Army, he had risen to the rank of Major, which is no small feat, and no, he returned not. to MSU to get his master's in police administration. Then he joined the FBI in 1970. He was just destined for this vocation. Oh, yeah. Just destined for it. See, when he was young, I wonder if people were like, you know, he's a little fascinated with this. That's a little... Yeah, yeah. Was, were, was it, was it well, giving them warning signs? Or were they like, this kid's going to be a cop, you know? like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the Bureau quickly recruit... <laughs> yep, did you get all that? Mm-hmm, me either. The Bureau quickly recruited him for the Behavioral Science Unit, where he organized and conducted interviews with hundreds of criminals in order to kickstart the psychological profilers we know today. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that must have been so intriguing to him. Right? Fuck. Can you imagine, like, no one had really ever interviewed. I mean, they had to interview them to see what their crimes were. But nobody had really ever interviewed them to see why they do it. So that, I, well, I also that would like to know amazing. the wide range of criminals. Yeah, well, see. There's obviously serial killers and stuff, right? But Well, I sort of got into that earlier when we uh, talked about the five units. Oh, when you said arson. Arson, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, arson, or starting fires. Um, <laughs> Ressler was also instrumental in the birth of VICAP, or Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. This is a database of unsolved crimes from across the USA that lists criminals, MOs, or mod modus operandi, or, you know, the way they do things, this system helped to bring the nation's law enforcement jurisdictions closer together in order to catch nomadic criminals and their ilk. 
not just nomadic criminals either, just all criminals. But um, in 1990, Ressler retired from the FBI, but he went on to write books about profiling and criminals, which uh, I have at least one of his books, and I've I've owned more before that I lost in moves and stuff. He gave lectures all around the world on criminology, and he advised on some high-profile murder cases in South Africa and Mexico. During his oh, wow. Yeah, right? You've Have you heard of Mogus... Mo, I can't speak today. Have you heard of <laughs> Moses Sithole from Africa? The, Sounds familiar. Your, yeah, you probably heard it. Well, he was the one in South Africa that he... Uh, that wrestler... Um, advised on. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they caught him. So, during his career, Wrestler interviewed such killers as Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Chase, John Wayne Gacy, Edmund Kemper, and John Joubert. So, a little story about one of the times he interviewed Edmund Kemper. So, he was in the room alone with Kemper, Kemper didn't have any cuffs on or anything because one of the most important things that these profilers do is they want to make the killer or criminal feel um, comfortable and almost sort of in control of the conversation, but they're not really in control. Well, yeah, they want them to feel like they're in control so they can really open up. Yeah, because most of their crimes are all about control anyway, so... Yeah. So he was in with Edmund Kemper. So the interview was over and he rings the bell for the guard. Waits like 15 minutes, no guard. He rings the bell again for the guard. Waits another 10 minutes or so, no guard. Edmund Kemper is 6 foot 10, 310 pounds, or he was at the time. Yeah. He said, you know, I could pull your head off and set it on the table for the guard to see when he came in before he even got here. And wrestler was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you seriously could. You could pull my fucking head off. You know, he's thinking this. But he kept his cool and he kept Edmund Kemper talking and stuff like that. Finally, the guard comes. Wrestler gets up to leave and Kemper's like, you know, I was just kidding, right? And wrestler's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Ha, good one, buddy. Leaves and he probably had to go clean his pants, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Robert Ressler died from Parkinson's disease at his home on May 5th, 2013. He was 76 years old. Is but, that why he had to retire at 53? Uh, probably, or, yeah. No, well, they retire a little earlier anyway. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he retired in 90 and he died in 2013, so... Well, I mean at 53 years old. Oh, at 53 years. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, they tend to retire earlier because of all the shit they see. Like, you can only yeah. take that for so long, you know? And look um, at the eyes of Lieutenant Joe Kenda. <laughs> yeah, really, eh? yeah. Um, but what a mark he's left on the world. Oh, very much so. You know, he can be, he and his family can be so proud of that. Okay, so next we are going to talk about John E. Douglas. John Edward Douglas was born on June 18, 1945 in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. 
but he was raised Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. <laughs> but he was raised in Hempstead, New York. His original aim was to be a veterinarian, but unfortunately his grades weren't good enough. So he instead joined the US Air Force. Cause that's the same. <laughs> that, 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 that's ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. While he was serving in the USAF, Douglas got his bachelor's degree in psychology at Eastern New Mexico University. While there in 1970, he met with Frank Haynes, an FBI agent who quickly recruited him to the Bureau. Douglas then went on to earn his master's in educational psychology in 1977. Douglas was first assigned to work in Detroit, Michigan as a sniper for the FBI. Oh, wow. Cool, right? I didn't know that about him. And then became a hostage negotiator, which I knew about that. In 1977, he was assigned to the BSU, where he taught hostage negotiation. It yes. was here, yeah, it was here that he helped create and manage the BAU. Later, he was to become the unit chief of the Investigative Support Unit, a division of the National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime with the FBI. A unit chief. Wow. Yeah. That's wild, yeah. Yeah. Whilst traveling all over the world teaching police the psychology of crime, Douglas interviewed many violent criminals to further the field of profiling. Some of these offenders were Charles Manson, Sirhan Sirhan, who... Who did he kill, Colt? Oh, I don't know. Uh, didn't Sirhan Sirhan kill uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I, know, I, I really don't know anything about Bobby Kennedy yet. Come yeah. to think of it. I'm pretty sure it was Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, James Earl Ray. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Who did he kill, Colt? Fuck it. Don't ask me this shit, man. Yeah. I don't know. Martin Luther King Jr. I just Jr. know the names. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Edmund Kemper, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Lynette Squeaky Fromm from the Manson family, and so many more. Douglas also wrote books about catching serial killers, arsonists, sexual predators, and the like. I now have two books by this fucking genius. After 25 years in the FBI, John E. Douglas retired in 1995. He does, however, still advise and consult on cases across the world. It's like That's they cool. retire, but they can't give it up. Yeah, or they are people still want them. Yeah. Yeah, they're that damn good, right? Yeah. Now, this guy I know you've heard of. Roy Hazelwood. Yes, I know Roy Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah. he's one of my favorites, too. So, Didn't Roy, I buy you a book by him? Uh, the book you bought me is John Douglas. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. You probably saw one by Roy Hazelwood. and Yeah. So, Robert okay. Roy Hazelwood was born in Idaho on March 4th, 1938. When he was still just a baby, his biological father kidnapped him and kept him for six months before giving him back to his maternal grandparents. That I did oh, not know. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. He was raised in Texas by his mom and stepfather. Hazelwood went to Sam Houston State University before enrolling in, uh, you guessed it, the U.S. Army. <laughs> he served 11 years. 
did a tour during the Vietnam War and rose to the rank of major. Again, no small feat. Yeah. He attended the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology where he earned a forensic medicine fellowship. Uh, Hazelwood joined the FBI in 1971. While in the FBI, Hazelwood did some amazing fucking things, Colt. Such as developing the difference between organized and disorganized murderers. I did not know Hazelwood did this. Oh, that's really cool. That is a major contribution to profiling. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And I put, this is still used in law enforcement today. I, it always will be, I think. Well, how could it not be? Yeah. He also developed the specified... Uh... Oh, no, he, sorry. He also specified the six different types of rapists, which we talked about these in the Elizabeth Fritzel case. So yes, we did. They are the power reassurance rapist, power assertive rapist, Anger retaliatory rapist, anger excitation rapist, opportunistic rapist, and gang rapist. So just incidentally, anger excitation is the worst type of rapist. But yeah, he's the one who developed these. Do you know how much study that must have taken? Oh, a ridiculous amount of... And that's something... That will probably always be looked at, too. Oh, for sure. Um, He also put forth the theory that pedophiles and sexual sadists cannot be cured. And I really, really, to the very fiber of my being, believe that's true. Yeah, me too. They cannot be cured. Roy Hazelwood retired from the FBI in or around 1993. I didn't get, I couldn't find the exact date. He then began giving lectures on sexual sadism and autoerotic deaths across North America. These, the sexual sadism and autoerotic deaths, uh, those lectures focused heavily on Dennis Rader or BTK. Oh, the Belitka, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And I couldn't find any specific people that he interviewed, but I'm guessing Dennis Rader was one. I would think so. Yeah. Even though he was retired by that time. Yeah. Yeah. But who's going to... Like, serial killers, they want to be... They want to be known for what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially after they're caught. Like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Let me tell you how I did it and what I did it with, and you know what I mean? So even if it's a retired profiler, you're going to give the interview. You know what I mean? So Very much so, yeah. uh, So Hazelwood died peacefully in his sleep. It says, when I read it, he was taking a nap in the sun. And he died peacefully on April 18th, 2016. Doesn't that just sound like an idyllic way to go? Not just, for me, I hate the sun, but... Just taking a nap in the sun. Like, oh, I don't know. So peaceful. Okay, so this next guy, I listen to him every week. His name is Jim Clementi. Oh, I've heard you talk about him. Yes, you have. I love me some Jimmy Clementi. 
Okay, so James T. Clementi, <clears throat> pardon me, was born on October 30th, 1959 in California, but he was raised in New York with his brother, Tim, who is also, incidentally, an FBI special agent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jim attended Fordham University, where he earned his JD, that's a Juris Doctor, which I didn't know what that was, degree. Uh, the JD degree is a professional degree required to practice law. He also has undergraduate degrees in chemistry and philosophy. So, like, really no slouch in the brains department, this guy. No. Clementi, sorry, my computer went up a little high. Clementi went on to become a state prosecutor in New York. It was around this time that Jim came forward with the news that he had been sexually abused as a child, and he made the brave choice to take action against his abuser. He contacted wow. the FBI, right? He contacted the FBI and the NYPD's Sexual Exploitation of Children Task Force. They asked him to wear a wire in order to get a confession from the Catholic Youth Organization's former camp director. Um, and now when you hear him talk about uh, the Catholic Church and stuff, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy, that gets his dander up. Um, he got the confession and a lot more of the disgusting things this piece of shit had done to other kids. Like he was very, very forthcoming about what he had done and to how many children he had done it to. And all he did was wear a wire? Yeah. Yeah. But he said he was like scared shitless, you know, because this was his abuser. Yeah. So. Does it state how many kids he did it to? Over a hundred. Oh my God. Yeah. After this, the FBI recruited Clementi. While working for the Bureau, Jim served as an undercover agent. He worked in child sex abuse, of course. He wouldn't be able to stop himself from doing that, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. Going through what he went through. Uh, victimization, abduction, and murders. He also, of course, became a criminal profiler. Jim was part of the team that solved the DC sniper case. He oh. was, yeah, he was on scene after the towers fell on 9/11. He worked on the really? white, yeah. What? He worked on the Whitewater case, which I don't really know too much about that, but I've it, heard of it. It's big, right? I think. <laughs> yeah. And he went undercover on Wall Street. Really? <laughs> yeah. This is just to name a few amazing feats of his. Regarding profiling, Mr. Clementi sums it up succinctly for us laypersons. Now, I thought this was fucking a perfect way to sum up profiling for us. You know, it's like profiling for dummies kind of a thing. Yeah. He says, quote, Profiling is the reverse engineering of a crime or a series of crimes. We look at the behavior exhibited and we work backwards to the type of person and the type of personality who committed that crime because every offender picks a particular victim at a particular time, at a particular place, in a particular manner, for a particular purpose. Those choices that he makes reveal things unwittingly about himself what his desires are, what his capabilities are, what his skill levels are, what his education is, and what his physical ability is, etc. 
All those things reveal the kind of person that he is, and we use that information to direct the investigation, unquote. Wow. Right? Like, it's just so succinct. You read that and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Or yeah. that's the way it is for me anyway. Hey, just to add a little comedy to the podcast. Sure. Can you hear this? No. You can't hear it at all? What was it? I flushed the toilet. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, thank I, you. I, I pooped while podcasting. Oh, my good Lord, Coulter. <laughs> I don't think any of us needed to know that. Well, you do now. <laughs> but thanks for your honesty. <laughs> I think... Clementi retired from the FBI in 2009 after 22 years of service. He now hosts one of my favorite podcasts, and this is why I listen to him every week, called Real Crime Profile, where he brings his expertise and sometimes temper, though I personally think it's passion for the job, to the forefront. He also works on and produces Criminal Minds and... He uh, co-created and co-produced the amazing limited series, Coulter, Manhunt Unabomber. Okay, what the fuck? Right? That's like one of my favorite, uh, I still call them miniseries. Yeah. That's one of my favorite miniseries of all time. Yep. Well, you can thank this guy for it. Jim <laughs> Clementi is the shit, man. He, he, so is he the... The bomb. Like... On Criminal Minds, is he the, uh, like, consultant on yeah, all that shit? Yeah, creative consultant. That's how he started. He still is, like, a creative consultant. Um, now he produces. He writes for it. Yeah, he's... This guy's fucking awesome. So one of the other um, uh, hosts of Real Crime Profile is Lisa Zambetti, and she did the... I don't know if she's doing it now, but she did the, the casting for Criminal Minds. Oh, she did? Yeah. That's how them oh. two know each other. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, so now we're going to move on to one of the first women to ever become a profiler. Candace DeLong. Oh, I know her. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. She does a few shows on ID Channel, Deadly Women being one of them. That's where I know her then. Okay, yeah, because I definitely know that name. I could picture her in my head. Yep, yep. Candace DeLong was born on July 16, 1950, in the same city where she was raised, Chicago, Illinois. Fucking Chicago. Yeah. Her father urged her to go for a practical career, so she became a psychiatric nurse at Northwestern University Hospital in Chicago. So already she's getting into the psychology of shit, you know? Yeah. Like many people, Candace felt she needed a change. So in 1980... DeLong joined the FBI and became a criminal profiler. Her three goals were, quote, to be involved with a high-profile national criminal, I wanted to apprehend a serial killer, and I wanted to rescue a kidnap victim alive, unquote. Those were her three goals. She, she did it all. She started her FBI career in the Chicago field office, and in 1982, I'm not sure if you know about this case, in 1982, DeLong was part of the team that investigated the Chicago Tylenol murders. 
I don't know that. So somebody was uh, uh, spiking fucking Tylenol with cyanide. Oh, like in the factory? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Now, no one was ever charged with the crime, but DeLong stated, quote, you can thank the Tylenol killer for the fact that it now takes a blowtorch to get into a bottle of Tylenol, unquote. Really? Yeah. She had stated, too, that whatever she was doing, whatever job she was doing, wherever she was working, whatever case she was on, she would always try to bring a little bit of levity to break the tension once in a while. Oh, okay. So I think that was that little quote that I just read. That was, yeah, her breaking the tension a little bit. Later in her career, DeLong was one of three hand-picked profilers to engineer the capture of Ted Kaczynski, better known as the Unabomber. Okay, that's where I know the name from that, too, then. Yep, you sure do. Yep. Okay. DeLong became a member of the Child Abduction Task Force in San Francisco, California. While there, she helped to rescue a nine-year-old boy who'd been kidnapped, forced to do crack, then forced to participate in child pornography. DeLong has said that saving that child was the absolute high point in her career with the FBI. That poor fucking kid, man. So you're right. She did all three. Yeah. Um, Candace DeLong retired from the Bureau in 2000 after a storied career, especially for a woman. She now has various shows on the ID channel, and she is the host of another brilliant podcast, incidentally another one of my favorites, called Killer Psyche. She is in my humble opinion, a woman to be looked up to. Well, yeah, she should be. And a woman that other young girls should try to emulate, for sure. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. So this last profiler, although she's not actually known as a profiler per se, is Laura Richards. Oh, you're covering Laura Richards? Oh, yes, I am. You know I love her. (laughs) Okay. First, I would like to preface this next individual with some personal remarks. Laura Richards came into my life at the absolute perfect time. Like, she must have been sent by the goddess kind of a thing. Her her advice, know-how and no-nonsense take on coercive control violence against women and stalking, or as she calls them, murder in slow motion, was priceless to me personally. So I will take this time to thank her from the bottom of my heart for the work she does and the changes she's made and the passion and compassion she shows for her work and for the people she helps. Okay, so that's just my personal feelings towards this wonderful lady. Dr. Laura Richards was born in England in 1976. I could not for the life of me find exactly where she was born. So England it is. <laughs> I, I mean, she was born in England, but I don't, I'm not just picking something out of a hat. Where she, she was born in Spain. Let's just say that. Um, I couldn't find too, too much about her early life, but it is widely known 
that she has a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and Sociology, as well as a Master's of Science in Forensic and Legal Psychology. So again, uh, lots of brains. Badass woman. You know, yeah, fucking right, badass woman. Richards was a criminal behavior analyst for New Scotland Yard, and that is why she's not a profiler per se. They don't call them profilers over there. They're criminal behavioral analysts. Okay, but it's pretty much the same thing? Same thing, yeah. So, yeah, she was a CBA for New Scotland Yard for 10 years before becoming the violence advisor to the National Police Chiefs Council. Holy shit. No small feat for what is still considered a man's job or men's jobs. That's not it for this lady. There's more. (laughs) Laura created Paladin, National Stalking Advocacy Service, the first of its kind in the world. I've heard of that. Yep, probably from me. This was after she headed up the all-party parliamentary stalking law reform campaign, which made stalking a criminal offense in the UK in 2012. Fuck, it took that long? Mm Mm-hmm. Thank God she did that. Yeah, but this woman has not been idle. As if this wasn't enough, Richards has also advocated and helped make coercive control a crime as well. That's amazing. Isn't that fucking, oh, just off the charts. Oh, and I'm not quite done yet either. She even helped write the fucking law as well as develop and teach the new training to law enforcement. Fuck. (laughs) And she now still does this, teaches the new training all around the world. That's amazing. Incidentally, she has also implemented the stalking law and the coercive control law in Australia as well. Wow. Yeah. I so need her to come to Canada. Nowadays. Uh, oh, sorry, what? Uh, well, uh, I think you were about to say it. I was going to say, what's her podcast called again? Uh, I'm, I'm getting to it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, Dr. Richards still advocate, uh, hmm, advocates against coercive control and stalking, as well as lobbying for stricter laws around the world. She is another host of the podcast Real Crime Profile with Jim Clementi and Lisa Zambetti, as I talked about before. She is also the host of The Crime Analyst, another one of my favorites, a podcast that I strongly encourage every woman to listen to. It doesn't matter if you think you haven't been coercively controlled. Men too, not just women, men too. I encourage everyone to listen to this because I didn't, I had heard of coercive control, but I never thought it ever happened to me. And then I listened to her podcast and I was like, oh my God, I was coercively controlled in many, many ways. Yeah. I remember you coming to that realization. By a few different partners, by family members, 
Like, it's, it's, she's amazing. Just listen to it. And she also has this wonderful, wonderful rundown of the uh, Gabby Petito case. It's amazing. Anyway, um, on behalf of Laura and every woman that has been a victim of stalking and or coercive control, please stand up and say no more fucking violence against women. We, as a society, should be standing shoulder to shoulder against these horrific crimes. Every single fucking day, women are being murdered by their male partners and by their stalkers because law enforcement does not see stalking and coercive control as serious crimes. They still take it as a he said, she said kind of a deal. And that's bullshit. The fucking boys club needs to be broken up. Your mothers, sisters, aunts, and friends are being targeted and murdered. Get your heads out of your fucking asses and do something about it. That is for cops in particular. Rant over. <laughs> so that is our podcast on profilers. Whom I have, worship. Uh, haven't, you've communicated with Laura Richards, haven't you? I sure have, yep. On yep. Twitter and whatnot? Twitter and Instagram. I take great pride in that. She is... If I believed in them, she is an angel here on Earth. And she is fucking doing battle, man. Doing battle. Yep. She's amazing. Amazing. All these profilers. Just amazing. They've given so much to the world. Now, if yeah, people would just so, like... heed their warnings and heed their advice, the world would be a lot better place. Yeah, that's yeah, my take on the Very much situation. so. The, the, like I said, it's magic. It is magic. And these, these people are fucking wizards and witches and warlocks and what have you. Yeah. Robert Ressler is fucking Gandalf and... And John Douglas is Rastlin or Raistlin, however you want to say his name. <laughs> I was yeah. called a warlock. You were called a warlock? Yeah, the other day. By who? And I why? shared a cab with a woman. Yeah? And she's like, I'm getting a real warlock vibe off you. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, she was wicked. Yeah, is that... Okay, so that that's a good thing then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, are you, was she just uh, crazy or was she Wiccan or what's, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you, you are very much an empath and, you know, all that good stuff. You have, both my boys have such amazing empathetic qualities and I'm so proud of that for them. Um. Yeah. So that is that's all I got for this week. Do you have anything to add, Mr. Coltaire? No, no, that was just, that was a wonderful podcast. Yeah, I had fun. And I'm glad we could do this one together. Oh my God, it's been so long. I know. I know. And like I said, the the uh, human trafficking one was good, but it was so, I found it so fucking dry without, without you there, without your, 
uh, insights and little comments. My random and little such. comments, yeah. And pooping on a podcast, and yeah. Uh, well, that was a first. <laughs> yeah, and let's make it a last. <laughs> well, if we're together, I'm not going to poop on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Okay. You so, come back. You come back to Alberta, and I just have a toilet installed in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, I'll, I'm moving out. Um, so uh, you can follow us on our Facebook group, Any Crime at All Podcast. Um, if you want to support us in some way, you can find us at uh, BuyMeACoffee.com/slash/acaa. Um, we do have another podcast in the works. Coulter, would you like to comment on that for a moment? Yeah, it's Coulter. Uh, this one's Coulter's baby. We have uh, any film at all mm-hmm. coming where we're just going to review movies and talk about movies. And... The ones we like and the ones we hate and the ones we just well, yeah, we do might not want to watch. So yeah, so that should be fun. That'll be fun. A lot of fun. Because we both really love uh, the moving pictures. So, uh, so I've been working really hard on it. <laughs> yes, he has. While I've been here working with my mom, he's been working on the new podcast. So, yeah. And working. <laughs> and working, yeah. 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 And I've been researching, as you can tell from this latest podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So before we go, I would just like to again remind all of our beautiful, beautiful freaks out there to keep your head on a fucking swivel because, Coulter, people are what? People are capable of any crime at all. Yes, they fucking are. All right. I wanted to beat you to it. We love you. Bye.